say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 180 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Welcome to the podcast where we explore a letter from a listener just like you who has a complicated relationship with food. And as they write the letter that is written to food, We explore different ways to navigate, and then at the end, the best part, food writes back. And I can't wait to share with you this episode's letter. It's from someone who has been trying to recover from their eating disorder for a number of years, and doing that through working with a therapist that showed them about the possibilities of actually not dieting, using intuitive eating, and health at every size. So if those phrases are new to you, intuitive eating is a process and a method that is evidence-based with over, I believe, 120 studies now that was first designed by dietitians Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush. You can check out their work at intuitiveeating.com, and they also have a a book. Um, There will be a new edition of the book released this spring. And also, Health at Every Size is an approach to really just helping all bodies to feel at home in their own skin, which is a big part of the Love Food Podcast as well. Everyone, including you, no matter what your earth suit looks like, is, no matter how you were born into it and how you identify, you deserve to feel at home in your own skin. And that's what Health at Every Size is about as well. So this letter writer is using those concepts to help the recovery. And yet some foods, while they're feeling more like permission to eat these foods, some foods in the end, make them feel pretty crappy. Um, There's this like physical sensation that they experience, unfortunately, eating certain foods. But yet if they eat those foods, they feel sick. But if they don't eat them, they feel like they're restricting. What do you do? This is actually a really common experience along the food peace journey. And I'm excited to dive in and explore different ways to navigate this space. But before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace courses. If you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, otherwise known as PCOS, you probably have been told that you have to diet in order to manage your condition. Well, you don't. And of course, diets don't work. We know that for most people. So why would it work for PCOS? Yeah, right, exactly. So I have a course just for you if you're looking to find ways to promote health, and move away from diets at the same time. Get to all the details at pcosandfoodpeace.com. If you are looking for more tools to navigate your food peace journey, whether you have PCOS or not, I have started to put together a new project over on Patreon. It is called the After the Letters Project and includes a weekly mini episode that you can listen over on Patreon. And it has basically 
been a way to answer even more questions that you have on your food peace journey. You can get to all the details at patreon.com slash love food podcast. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear food, I wish we had become friends sooner because just this year, I'm realizing how good it truly feels to be on the same team. My mother hated and feared you, yo-yoing from diet to diet. Though I know she tried to insulate me from this and always told me I was beautiful, her hatred of her body was palpable. The first time I remember thinking, quote, I'm fat, was the first day of fourth grade. From there on out, I restricted. I declared myself a vegan in seventh grade, which happened to coincide with puberty. I associated the new attention from boys with my sudden weight loss, a correlation I still struggle with. I continued restricting my eating and obsessively exercising throughout high school. When college came, I realized drunken nights presented an opportunity for different eating disorder behaviors. Gradually, bulimia crept into my sober life too, and I began using it regularly anytime I ate outside of my rigid framework. My therapist at the time introduced me to intuitive eating and health at every size. I remember laughing out loud through hopeless tears when she told me, it literally felt like a joke. I regained weight my first year out of college and I was miserable. I tried to mentally prepare myself for another grueling six months or a year of restriction and exercise to get back down to my goal weight. And I found I just didn't have it in me. I started eating and moving intuitively in earnest that year. It's now been two years and I finally feel free to eat whatever I want. I exercise regularly and I'm stronger than I've ever been. But now I have a new problem. My body doesn't actually get along with all types of you food. My stomach is very sensitive and I'm very, very lactose intolerant. When I eat dairy products, my digestive system seems to collapse. I have terrible stomach pain and horrible gas and diarrhea for days. Fried, food seem, fried foods rather seem to do the same. They run through me and leave me embarrassed and in pain. After years of harming my esophagus with stomach acid, oily or spicy food gives me terrible acid reflux. Yet the past couple of years, I've continued eating these foods because they're delicious and I feel free to eat them for the first time in my life. When I try to restrict my dairy intake, I feel like I'm back in eighth grade, eating vegan. When I'm out with friends and everyone but me is eating pizza or fried street food, I feel like I'm back in college, afraid to touch, quote, bad foods, and denying myself the simple pleasures that I so deeply fear to partake in. How do I move forward? My goal for this year is to try to sink even more deeply into intuitive eating and to simultaneously find a way to respect the boundaries of what my body can and cannot process. I don't want to be constantly dealing with stomach pain or trying to hold in gas and having to rush to the bathroom at a moment's notice. What do I do if I want to keep healing, but many of the fear foods I've worked so hard to reintegrate actually wreak havoc on my body? I'm scared if I put any hard and fast rules in place. It will feel like a new chapter in restriction and will become a slippery slope. Is there a way to restrict for foods that are incompatible with my digestive health while maintaining a clear, intuitive eating mindset? Yours, trapped between extremes. 
Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for your note. I see the rock in the hard place and you stuck right there. I totally see you. I hope the next few minutes are helpful for you. I hope it gives you some different things to consider as options. And I appreciate that you and your body really are trying so hard. But before we sift through different options, first things first, we need to name what happened in fourth grade for what it is. It was a trauma. In fourth grade, you used the word fat to describe your body. And I know that wasn't in a neutral way. That was a disparaging way because that's probably what you were taught that that meant at that time. And I'm not sure what happened at that age, but for some people, there's not an outside experience that many people would identify as a trauma, like an assault or some violence, but there is still a violence culturally. You know, when we start to really learn about diet culture, and I know your family of origin, dieting was normal. It was a normal thing passed down to you. It probably has been there for generations. And that is its own assault. And like I said, it's a trauma. Now, this is really important to put out here right now in this podcast as we move forward, because for you, the listener, you need to really appreciate body image when we're nine, 10 years old. It's a time where our brain is developing and starting to realize that we basically have a body and that our body is what carries us carries us through life and that other people see it <laughs> you know it's it's something that we are starting to distinguish and try and starting to identify as unique and as we're starting to also ease into that wanting to belong kind of phase of life that is in itself just so messy right we remember puberty and all that and uh, when your body image is forming and then you get this impression or you're taught, or you're explicitly told that there's something wrong with your body, it's it's really serious. It really informs the rest of your life. And so for you, letter writer, that's what I would say is part of what's keeping you stuck, is that you had this assault so early on. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And for anyone listening who can identify with that time of your life and hearing that about your body, and really taking it in as a false truth, I'm sorry. That was not okay. And for you, letter writer, your body remembers when this trauma happened, the result was further trauma. It was restricting. And then it was restricting more by cutting out more foods, um, by becoming vegan. Our, Our body remembers these things. It really does. And it's not just logistical kind of physiology, but our emotions, like our body has that kind of memory. And it's a big part of what's keeping you, and for anyone who I can identify with this letter, it's what's keeping you stuck. So the simplest way to make this easier is for us to wave our magic wand and make culture different. (laughs) Like fix actually what needs to get fixed, which is the way we view bodies and food. And I think this would be a lot easier for you. Unfortunately, we don't have that option yet. We are rallying together to help change the culture, but until we actually see that through, letter writer, I think we need to focus on you, the individual. I hate that, but I also feel like that's where we need to turn the energy towards while we're also changing culture. So one thing I know about restricting or eating disorders or dieting, whatever you want to call it, 
it can lead to GI disorders. Basically, restricting our intake predicts many different types of GI disorders. You may have heard about people having irritable bowel syndrome or IBS or SIBO, which is S-I-B-O, or small intestinal bowel overgrowth. You know, there's all these kind of GI conditions that people talk about, and they're not linking it to dieting as what predicted it. So I have a very good friend and colleague. Her name is Beth Rosen. She's a dietitian out of Connecticut, and she is a weight-inclusive dietitian that specializes in GI disorders. She's a fabulous resource. I'm going to be putting her information on the Food Peace syllabus. I also happened to talk with her in episode 90 of a Love Food podcast. We didn't dive too deep into GI disorders, but if you want to get a feeling of her work and how she helps people move away from diet culture— you can listen to that episode. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. But Beth has taught me a lot about how the actual act of restricting can promote these disorders. And so for you, letter writer, keep that in mind. And I say that because let's make sure your gut is getting enough food. And I know you're working with a therapist. I don't know if you're working with a dietitian, And I don't know if you have access to one. But in the show notes, I have a link to finding an eating disorder dietitian near you. So if it is something that you have access to, if it's something that you'd be willing to do, I would love it if you actually sat down with someone who could make sure you are eating enough. Summer Inanen is a health coach that I've gotten to know over the years. And she always says that grown-ass women need to eat a lot more than they think. And so I don't know if you identify as a woman, but all of us, we need to eat more than we think. And so I just want to put that out there. Part of what Beth Rosen has taught me is that if we're not eating enough, our GI tract cannot heal. And that healing takes time even when we are eating enough. So keep that in mind. And with that all being said, let's just say you're eating um, an appropriate amount for you. And what I know from my background in nutrition is that when we have a gluten intolerance or a lactose um, intolerance, those can get better over time once we're eating enough and we reintroduce them. So I have hope that there's going to be a space for you to be able to have those things. And maybe over time they will. But what if you can't? And there's a chance that you have some kind of GI disorder that is going to prevent you from being able to tolerate these foods, at least for now, or maybe forever. And what do you do then? So I mentioned all of that about the trauma first thing, because what I think is happening is your body and your brain are wired to protect you. Actually, our brain is embodies, they're wired to protect all of us. You know, that's, that's what we want. Our body through evolution has been programmed to keep us alive. And your body, letter writer, it remembers that fourth grade experience when something clicked and the restriction started. So whenever a food is eliminated, it taps on that wire or pushes that button and causes a tra- like a trauma response. And I I really picture that's part of why this is so hard. When I work with clients individually and um, they find certain foods just don't sit well with them or they actually don't even like them, the thought of just moving away from them can be really hard because of this type of trauma response. And the first step 
is like many other things in life. It's identifying what's going on. And as you're identifying it, I would handle it with care and take it to your therapist if you haven't already. It's something that is really important to sift through and decide what you want to do with. It's really, really important to handle it with care because it is something that is there that is designed to protect you and avoiding it, trying to ignore it. That's only going to make it stronger. It really is. And there's a part of that um, trauma that has helped you move through because your body remembers how shitty it was to go through all that restricting. There's, um, that's the part that I'm like, oh, I'm grateful that she has that because it's keeping you from going back. Like you said, there's something in your body that's just like, uh, uh-uh, we're not restricting hardcore anymore. We're putting our foot down. So what do you do? You know, if, if certain foods make you feel like shit, <laughs> maybe even literally, um, what do you do? I want to be sure that you have foods that are as similar as possible to replace these foods that your GI tract can't tolerate. So if it's gluten, making sure you have gluten-free pasta. If it's, um, let's see, if it's yogurt, having some dairy-free yogurt. If it's, um, or a dairy-free ice cream, any, I mean, and I would say as real as possible, not the like shitty diet culture kind of ones, but the ones that have the same types of pleasure to them. That's going to be really, really important. Pleasure is a part of healing our relationship with food that does not get enough um, time in the discussion. So if you're looking at the book, Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush, you know, those are the authors of that method that a lot of people are using right now. And intuitive eating has 10 principles. The ones that are the most discussed are just two of them, you know, hunger and fullness. But there's another one in those 10 that has to do with satisfaction. And satisfaction and pleasure are really important. And if we're not satisfied with our foods, then it's going to, for you, letter writer, and anyone who's been through something similar, it's going to set off that part of your body that is connected to that trauma. And it's going to really resist it. And again, I appreciate why it's there. It's protective, but also um, it's a sign that there's not enough pleasure in the food. So for some people I work with individually, what they need to do is they just go one food at a time or one food group at a time, and they make sure that they try as many as possible that are tolerated and make sure that they actually get pleasure from it. I know for some people they are like, oh, there's, it's really hard to find gluten-free noodles that actually taste as pleasurable as regular pasta. And so give yourself space to connect with ones that actually taste good. So moving on, step three in this process is something that we call proprioception, which basically means is being in your body and aware of its processes before, during, and after eating. So for you, letter writer, as you are going to eat a meal and you're going to eating, you're going to eat a meal that is foods that your GI tract currently tolerate. You may be then, as you're getting ready for the meal, aware that your heart is racing faster because 
there's this fear of restriction from that trauma history. And it's you then being aware that, okay, that's going on right now. I am not trying to restrict. I am not trying to harm myself. I want to feel um, okay. And I want to stay out of the bathroom <laughs> for the next you know, four hours. So body, it's okay. So it's being aware of how your body is reacting to this change and naming what's going on. And then as you're eating the food, being aware of how your body is experiencing it. Is it feeling um, the hunger go away? Is it starting to feel fullness? Is it feeling that pleasure? Is it starting to feel satisfied or that kind of (laughs) oomph, that oomph we get from a meal that gives us just what we need? When I say that, I think of a meal that has all the macronutrients to it. It may be the temperature is... um, good. You know, I, I feel like a, a meal for me, especially in the colder climate right now, is it needs to be warm and um, the texture is the way I want it to be. So it's satisfying in that way. And then as you're moving away from the meal, how's your body experiencing it afterwards? Is it still feeling the pleasure or do you have a tummy ache? You know, noticing all of those things. And what proprioception can do to inform us is when we were dieting after eating, we didn't feel good. It felt restrictive. We weren't feeling satisfied. And with this eating experience with foods that's tolerable, what I want you to really spend time with sitting with is how much pleasure you're getting and how it's feeling an hour or two later. And as you are really emphasizing and connecting with it and spending time with the space, it allows your brain to basically form some new wiring around the eating experience. So you still may have that initial kind of traumatic reaction when you go to eat a food that is one that your body tolerates. And the second reaction, just like with everything else, you can you can change. And you can do that by reminding yourself, it's okay. I'm not going to restrict. We're going to have pleasure. And as you actually say those words, your brain is going to remember that you're actually doing that. You're not trying to like be sneaky or tricky or ignore it. You're actually providing. And so what it basically needs is more experience, more exposure, and more permission. I hope this helps, Letter Writer. And for anyone listening who can identify with this letter writer, I hope it gives you some different ways to move forward in this process. I know it's really tricky. Be sure, like I said before, be sure that you're eating an amount that actually is enough. And you may need to work with a dietitian to find out if that actually is enough. And then identify in those initial moments that this is a reaction to a trauma that I experienced. And then Let's find a way to actually have enjoyment again with foods. I see food has written back, but before we get to food's letter, if you would like a copy of the latest designed food piece syllabus, go to juliedillonrd.com. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would love it if you could leave a rating or review, subscribed or shared the episode. Doing any of these acts of kindness really helps the show grow. Are you looking for more tools on your food peace journey? Jump on over to Patreon and check out the After the Letters Project. It's a weekly podcast episode that I'm hosting over on Patreon to give you more ways to fuel your food peace journey. I'm using questions from listeners just like you to help you along the way. 
You can get to it at patreon.com slash lovefoodpodcast. All right, enough of all that. Let's hear Food's Letter. And until next time, take care. Dear Trapped Between Extremes, You have been violated. We are so very sorry. Somehow you learned that false truth that your body is not acceptable. And we saw you manipulate us to fix it. We wonder how that affected your GI system. We food hope you're eating enough to heal. Looking ahead, remember that any restriction connects with diet and body trauma. Handle this with care because the reaction is coming from a place of self-preservation. When looking for foods to eat that are tolerable, be sure they are satisfying and pleasurable. Be aware of how they are experienced in your body before, during, and after eating. You and your body need time to rewire how your brain thinks about food choices. With time, your gut, mind, and soul will heal. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.